0: welcome to another episode of the artsy raven a show about writing and publishing with your host jf Gerard.
1: welcome to the artsy raven podcast i'm your host jf Gerard. And today's episode is called Selling Books Made Easy, An Insider's Guide. And we will be speaking to Chris Houston, the marketing guru of The Idea Shop. So Chris is a 20-year publishing industry veteran and book lover who has worked as a marketeer for some of the biggest publishers in the world, including Penguin Random House, Scholastic, and DK Publishing. He is now the driving force behind The Idea Shop a one-stop shop for fresh new ideas on how to promote creative endeavors of all kinds, from books to podcasts. And the Idea Shop can be heard each month on Saga 960 AM radio. So welcome, Chris.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Uh, So why don't we start a little bit from the beginning? Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what the Idea Shop is?
0: Well, the Idea Shop is the culmination of, you know, like you had said, I've been in publishing for over 20 years and I was always the ideas guy, Uh, you know, whether it was an idea that was going to happen in a year or an idea that needed to happen the next day, uh, I seem to be good at ideas Uh, and in publishing that's about finding ways to connect uh, a book with an audience and and how do we get it out there? There's lots of books, many of them I own, (laughs) many of them you own probably, we all have lots of books. Uh, Why would we buy another book? You know, even if it's a topic we love, we probably have, you know, I probably have, you know, 20 books on mythology, you know, I'm going to buy another one. Yes, I am, but it has to be special. It has to stand out. And so I'm really, uh, I've I've been always sort of the, the, the mind of the consumer when I'm doing my marketing and the idea shop is a chance to put, you know, 20 plus years of marketing experience into play for someone who has a book that they've published or a publisher who simply needs an extra hand with something. Uh, and in some cases, even authors who uh, who have written books, but want to write another book and aren't sure how to put it all together. Uh, I've been on all sides of that. Uh, I've worked um, in bookstores. I have worked over 15 years at uh, uh, Indigo, Chapters, Kohl's. Uh, and uh, so I've been on the retail side. And then the other half of my working career, I've been on the publishing side. So I'm kind of in a unique, way uh, poised to help people connect book with reader. And in some cases, I do stuff other than books as well. The idea shop is a great place to uh, take an idea and and give it life, find an audience and help it get to where it's going.
1: So you mentioned a couple of places you worked at. So what were some of the most memorable experiences? I mean, you were doing marketing, and you were also doing retail. So I mean, maybe Also, what are some of the differences in the whole psych, this whole system that's going on with books?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. uh, When bookstores started to get bigger, you know, and, and, you know, your local bookstore at the corner took out a shelf of books and put in a couch and a coffee shop and the whole nature of, you know, the bookstore started to change a bit. It became much more of a place where people could congregate and really, you know, I've always, I've loved bookstores since I was a little kid. There was one at the end of my street. They, they kind of let me work there from age 10, you know? Uh, I go behind the counter and help people uh, find, I love connecting people with books and the really good people I worked with in my many years there, they loved the same thing. They would love you to come in and say, I'm looking for a great book. What do you suggest, you know? Uh, A lot of people don't think of doing that. They come in, they, you know, they have their list and I was told this was the book I should get or I, or I heard it on the radio and it sounded great or I saw it on TV. So they know why they're buying it, but it's just a great place to explore. It's like, you know, uh, so I think that, uh, what I've learned, you know, is people's passion for books really matters. There's a way of feeding that, uh, both in kids, uh, you know, get them excited about reading, get them to find that book that, sparks a lifetime of you know curiosity and uh and adults too you know it's too easy we you know we're all of us around the world have been kind of indoors not doing what we might normally do because of the pandemic or the lockdown or whatever there's some great time to read and and, you know hit that bucket list of you know let's reread Dante's Inferno again you know always wanted to read that again and what's neat is these books are different you know 10-15 years later so what I've learned at these different uh, jobs is uh, what connect people to books. What are the little hooks that make people buy this book and not that book or want to learn more about this and not that. And I think that's, uh, that that's really uh, a special part of what not normally would be considered retail. Like you, you know, you think of retail, we're just selling things, but uh, I learned early on that there's more to it than that.
1: I think that sort of changed a lot over the years. I'm thinking of bookstores like before they're like you know there are still mom and pop shops but I think over time like as people move online there's a bit of a disconnect like it's not there anymore. Like who are you going to talk to on your website right? I mean maybe a chat box. I don't know. Well you know
0: we used to we used to spend a lot of time uh in the old days (laughs) the olden days uh making really great piles of books at the front of the store. You know we call it the book pyramid. You'd walk into your (laughs) story ha- Harry Potter you know stacked as high as the ceiling not not Costco stacks but bookstore stacks very you know mm-hmm. approachable but they were almost like forms of architecture uh and now you know buying a book is like you know you do this and ta-da, you know you purchase it so the way people buy books has changed but mm-hmm. what gets them excited about it is the same so in many ways uh I regard it always as a uh, a real plus of the modern age I know people could Sort of, oh, social media, oh, the internet, you know. Uh, but for us marketeers, uh, you know, what's interesting is we, we're we spending a lot less money on things and we're, we're able to be a lot smarter about what we are spending because, you know, when you're buying something on the internet, now there's ways of you can get this information right away. Back in the, back in the old days, you'd wait six months to find out that you didn't sell any copies of a book that you'd done a full page ad in the mm. and mail for so that that was no fun. That was really, uh, and now with the pandemic, you know, the marketing that we were doing, most of it was online. So we'd launch a campaign on Monday, and on Tuesday we'd go, "That's not working. We need something else tomorrow." Like tomorrow, like, like you know. And so it was a very accelerated process, but very exciting. It's like we been waiting for this moment uh, to to flex our muscles. Uh, we, were, we were lazy before, so it's great great times.
1: I don't think you're lazy. But taking a step back, what is marketing? Like, what is marketing, in your opinion?
0: Well, marketing is a great way of, 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 I think, of putting the spotlight on something, saying, this one, this one, let's look at this right now. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like when you, you know, in school, you know, these, your teachers would would have a whole curriculum for you for the whole year, we're going to learn biology, you know, they didn't give it to you all at once, they, they focused on things so that you could learn about them, appreciate them. And by the end of the year, you know, your person sitting next to you might've been very enthused about one thing and you were enthused about something else, but it's because it was presented in a way that allowed you that sort of reflective time to get into it. And marketing is, uh, I look at marketing as a very positive thing. I think it's a way of uh, someone coming along, me, and saying, you know, I have a lot of cookbooks and you're, 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 you're spotlighting this cookbook. Why, what's different about this? Why is this exciting? Well, it's not always, you know, the author isn't always the person who's best qualified to tell you why it's special. They will tell you it's special because they made it and, you know, they like it. But but someone who's seen 10,000 cookbooks and sold 10,000 cookbooks is, is better poised to say, you know, what's really, really special about this cookbook is, you know, you don't need any fancy equipment to do anything in it. It's all stuff that's lying around. That's very exciting, you know. Uh, if you're buying a, a, a science activity book for kids. The last thing you want to do when you get home is find out that you need a particle accelerator in your backyard to to, to do half the experiments. It's very helpful to put on the cover of the book, which I told them to do in in one case, you know, uses common household uh, materials like, you know, paper towels. Yes, I have those, you know, soap. Yes, I have those. That's very, but But that's buried somewhere. Sometimes it's not even on the book jacket. It's not in the description online. It's, you know, so that would be like a big selling feature that that kind of someone has to come along and say, you know, what's special about your book is this. And the author probably never even thought of that. They're like, you know, you know, my mom helped me write a chapter.
1: Well, the author's too close to the book, right? Like, it's, you know, it's almost like they're so in the weeds, they don't step back. And look at the bigger picture sometimes so that's it that's yeah. it it's
0: hard for the authors the authors are the creative force nothing happens without them we must respect the fact that the creative force may not feel like getting up at 6 a.m and doing a live radio interview on cbc i mean they probably will they'll do it because it's cbc and all that but uh, it doesn't mean they're going to be great at it and they may be having a bad day and 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 really we were happier the day the books arrived in the box. And they were like, yay, this was the best moment. For other authors, the CBC interview is like the pinnacle, but it's, every, it's a bit different. And there's, you know, uh, some of, when I'm working with authors, some of it surprisingly is, is making the interview okay for them. Like how, why am I doing this again? You know, well, so now we're not even on the book. We're on the like, just trying to make it okay for everybody. I'm trying to help them realize what, You know, this is nice. This will be a fun way for you to talk about this thing that's been occupying your household discussions for the last three years, you know?
1: So when a client contacts you, what's the process? Like you have a consultation with them and then you guys uh, go off or...
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's always nice to connect with someone, especially if the book is fresh. You know, I had a conversation this morning with someone who like literally finished their book yesterday and wants to know when the marketing started. The book's not even printed yet. Uh, but I like that. This is like, it is fresh. It is not like, what was that thing I did last year? The, the, the space between creating something and, and promoting it is actually quite long. So the first conversation is, you know, like what, who, who did you have in mind when you wrote this book? So if you had in mind like a large group of like, you know, it's a book aimed at, you know, readers between 35 and 50 and, uh, you know, that's your target audience. Great. Let's put together. I don't want to waste anyone's money. I'm going to do, you know, freelance marketing and promotions. I don't want to waste money. I want to go for where they think uh, this should go. But sometimes, in some cases, I get involved after that's already happened. Uh, In one case, you know, one of the cookbooks I was working on, you know, the publisher had done all the good stuff, great stuff, fantastic PR, but there was a whole avenue that they had pursued of, you know, parents at home cooking. Now we've been cooking at that point for six months at home. Food was not getting more exciting. It was getting less exciting because we were now out of things to cook and the restaurants were closed. Maybe even the place we would buy our special food wasn't happening. So what we did is, we were made a real strong uh, uh, one month promotion just to you know parenting bloggers, family writers, people who you know for whom food and cooking is part of life, but who not traditionally would would do a fancy uh, interesting cookbook, but they embraced it it was great sales went up thirty six percent in two weeks because here's a huge untapped market, so that would be something that i uh, would look at too is, is, you know, maybe round one is all the things the author thinks should be done. And round two, I come in for a second hit of like, okay, your book's been out for a little while now. Let's see, is there, is there a group that maybe uh, has been overlooked uh, that you weren't thinking of, but that, you know, with my, you know, expertise and my connections, I can go, well, let's try this. And, you know, and generally it usually works, uh, usually works very well, I have to say.
1: It's very interesting you say, like, you're doing round two, because when people think about book releases, it's usually the round one, and, you know, the publisher does all the marketing. It seems like that's it. Like, I don't know if I ever see any promos for this book ever again, right? You know,
0: it's, you're absolutely right in thinking that. It's, uh, and it's, I know why, because I've worked at the publishers, and you have, I, you know, I, I had 350 books coming out every year. You couldn't really Spent two months on every book because uh, I'm not great at math, but that's that's like 700 months promoting, you know, books. Uh, but certain books are better promoted at certain times of the year. Uh, everyone's trying to get everything to come out in September, October, November, because Christmas is a huge book buying time. That's that's when you know, I'd say 60, 70 percent of the books being sold are happening in that juncture. But that leaves where we, you know, leaves March and April kind of up for grabs like what's going on in March and April so right now you know uh there's not the fight in the marketplace for you know the kind of topics and subject matter you know you might have written a book that's not like a gift type book it's just a good story or it's a good novel or it could be a book of poetry or it could be you know something that would you know you wouldn't necessarily earmark as a Christmas uh, or holiday present so um, Now is a great time, and this often gets overlooked, you know, because they'll move on to you know, it's spring, let's get the gardening books out. But, you know, people want to read a good novel, let's do some novels in February, and March, when it's too cold, you know, you know, I'm letting, I'm letting the dog walk himself. Now, I'm going to stay inside and read. As long as he comes home, we're good, you know. Um, so there's a chance to, to, to take advantage of things that just it gets overlooked in the day to day business. So I come on, I am the champion of your book, you know, I, 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 I take it on. Uh, I usually work with a sort of four to six week Uh, program uh, and it tends to be that that after we've done that it usually goes very well happily I get I get engaged for another round like what else what what other tricks do you have you know and that's that's very satisfying.
1: So I was going to ask what are some of the biggest mistakes you see when authors market their books in general like when you look at other people doing marketing?
0: Well, I, I, I've i never really, you know, book publishing isn't a huge, uh, you know, unless you're like Stephen King or something, there's not huge dollar signs attached to it. So it absolutely pains me to see an author or even a publisher spending money on something that is not going to have a, 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 a winning effect. Uh, you know, it might have some effect, but not necessarily what you paid for it. So you know in 20 years of book marketing I my budgets uh, when I was working at the big publishing houses the budgets go down but the amount of stuff I was doing was going up so we're getting smarter at making use of you know we've got social media we got you know uh ways of doing digital things that are a lot cheaper than the you know the traditional ah oh, there's an ad in the newspaper so when I talk to authors you know what I find is hard is in their minds, they have an idea of how this book will be promoted. And it would make them very happy to have a full page ad in the Globe and Mail or, you know, McLean's magazine. But the reality of things is, you know, a full page ad of the Globe and Mail is like fifteen to $20,000. It's, you know, that's, that's too much, you would have to be selling books, you know, you could put 10 books in the ad, maybe and, that's one trick we used to use uh, to make it okay. Oh, it's in there. It's this big. So it's more about finding the right place uh, for things that is affordable, that is uh, good bang for the buck. Um, and, you know, recognizing that the, the author, if they want to be involved, there's a great way for them to be involved. But sometimes it's better if it's not them. You don't really want the author. An author has written the book. You don't want them having to call up, hi, I wrote a book you know, uh, media get very uncomfortable with that. Uh, the media would rather work with someone that they know and, and say, hey, you say it's good, looks good to me, let's put it on the air, we'll see how it goes. That's that. That's the phone call that makes me happy. It's like, Chris, whatever you say, you've been good to us, you haven't let us off down the wrong path, we'll go for it. And then there's something you have to work a little bit harder for, but there's no use in spending money and, and energy, booking yourself on a book tour, Across Canada if you're going to be you know sitting in a, a room with two or three people that might be nice in and of itself but then you'll be exhausted and you won't want to do something else that actually could reach more people and have more effect it's actually cheaper and easier so that's always a little uh you know something to always look out for with the authors.
1: Um what are some of the strategies you think some authors could use that are like relatively... Inexpensive, I guess. I mean, a lot. of well, am just thinking about all well, the indie publishers, uh, indie authors, and the <laughs> publishers that don't have much money.
0: Well, f- from two angles, the, the publishers and the authors. Uh, you know, publishers uh, sometimes fail to realize what cachet they have as a group. You know, so they're publishing they're publishing these things that they're very individual. But there's there's a certain power. Having I mean, just mentioned like a how you get away with a full page ad in the Globe Mail and make it. Fit, make it make fiscal sense to put a whole bunch of books in it but there's ways of grouping things together even in a publisher you know why don't we have this guy talking about that author's book you know so two authors they've both written books why don't we mix and match them you know like 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 that's exciting two authors talking who wouldn't want to be you know who wouldn't want to be a fly on the wall for that some authors have figured this out during the pandemic uh, harper collins has a, a mystery book author uh, Hannah Mary McKinnon, and she's lovely. And she she has like this uh, ongoing, you know, series online where they, her she kind of picks a, a co-pilot and they each read bits of each other's books. It's great. Uh, so uh, I think for for publishers, uh, they need to take advantage of the wealth of opportunity that their company has. It, it's not even money. We're not even, we're talking about like using the website or pairing two books up or it's Valentine's Day, let's, you know, there's ways of just putting it again we're, it's the same thing we're always talking about trying to push something out there so that it stands out you know not every day for 365 days but you know uh you know dundurn press has a book called the toronto book of love great you know uh it's it's there's lots you can do with that valentine's day toronto you know like, like so the, it's about exploiting all those different angles now for the authors themselves gosh you know uh if you're an author who's who wants to do stuff, there's that kind of author who's like, every day that I'm sitting at my desk, not writing, I'd rather be promoting my book. There's so many ways to get engaged online. People are shocked, shocked that they're communicating with the author of a book. Even if they haven't read the book, you've written a book. I mean, it's like a, a great trick. What do you do? Oh, I've written a book. But they've they've poured their heart and soul into something. And, and, and uh, I think people recognize the the obvious value in that and uh they can create a great online community just by you know 15 minutes a day going online commenting you know we come up even as a marketing person I can come in here's a couple of hashtags and some people to talk to uh never underestimate a good contest people love a contest you know uh you know it could be gift cards It could be, it could be books. It could be, uh, and I always find publishers are, uh, publishers are very like, oh, contest. It's a lot of, oh, it's a lot of management. It's not, it's not really. Uh, And, uh, you know, when I worked at, uh, when I worked at uh, Chapters, we did a contest to win a cruise, a cruise with Dick Francis the now sadly passed away, author. but it was worth $25,000. It was great. And we, you know, we had, you know, entries, all, from all across Canada. We probably had about 10,000 entries. And that was exhausting. I made one mistake too is I, I had the store send all the entries to the office. Like later on I learned I had a room filled like filled with entries. It was this floor to ceiling that the recycling trucks had to come in. Uh, later on I figured each store should draw one winner and that way I only had 300 entries. You know, so there's a tip for any store manager out there but uh, so, Dick Francis's thing was great. It was a huge hit, highlight of the year, but sure enough, the day it ended, 48 hours later, my boss is at my office say, What are we doing next? Well, I spent all my money. I had no money left. That was it. It was like October. I'd blown everything. I, I didn't know she was going to ask for something else. Who would do that? So, I looked around and I found some hats. We had hats. Chapters hats. We'd use them in a baseball game or something. So we did a contest for Chapters hats, just hats. Probably retail value of each hat, $19 max. That's if we uptick them. You probably get them at Costco cheaper. But uh, we had 75% of the same number of entries for hats as we did for a cruise with Dick Francis. And I realized, you know, you don't need to have a big crazy prize it's not like you know that price is right you don't need to have a car every time you give away a hat you know or you know five books signed by the author who came by the office looking for the royalty check you know something like that uh so so there's a lot that could be taken advantage of if you get yourself out of the sort of the you know there's a a big routine in, in, in publishing of, okay, we're just gonna, you know, here's the next book, let's do things, send it to the same 10 people, and another tip, just because I'm not in the mood for tips today, I always would include a handwritten note, and even, I have pretty despicable handwriting, but, it, you know, it, you get a sheet of paper touched, this is pre-COVID, mind you, you get a sheet of paper touched by a human being, that's very nice, you know, oh, look at this, I don't know what it says, but someone wrote me no <laughs> like, like, that's cool. Yeah, I got a few emails back from people saying, thanks. What's this say exactly? You know, it looks like it says eggs and milk. Is it your shopping list? No, no, no. It says enjoy the book. That's it. But, but the, the, it, you know, uh, and if authors, you know, if they're, usually they're a little bit time challenged. But you know, if they do a little book plate or something or, you know, even, you know, 50, 50 notes to your top 50 reviewers and bloggers, it's so nice. It's such a human touch. Love that.
1: Okay now I want to ask you because you talked about like you worked in marketing in Canada but I think at one point we were talking about Canada versus U.S. like what do you think the difference is like I mean obviously U.S. is such a bigger market it's just a different beast but but I'm I'm curious to know some of the differences you think uh, uh, in the book markets between the two. Well you're you're
0: you're right you're describing it as a different beast I, I always describe it as a different feast it's kind of like in Canada You'd put a beautiful dinner together and invite ten people over, and you'd have a nice time. And you know, maybe two people would fight, and someone would leave early, and someone would come that wasn't <laughs> supposed to be there. But but it was nice. In America, in the United States, that party feast is like like a thousand people, and there's the same amount of food, but a thousand people. So it's very scrappy, and no one has. The, the same amount of time so unless someone like sees exactly the food they're looking for oh boy pop-tarts I love pop-tarts and they they go in for unless you have exactly what they're looking for you don't hear anything uh and there's no just it, I mean there's no real disrespect to it it's just mm-hmm. silence silence Canada you know generally again we're really nice Canadians who are good, good people. Sorry, no thank you. Or, you know, maybe not right now, but you'll get, so, you know, you'll generally get something back unless you're dealing with some very, very high pressure people. So, uh, so in America, you often don't even know where you stand, you know, unless you get a bounced message or, you know, in the era of phone calls, unless, you know, you've left three messages, you don't know. So uh, it's harder to get, you know, we're talking Uh, a lot of effort. But if you get something in Mm -hmm. America, if you get it, it's huge. And so in that way, it's bigger than any five things you could do in Canada, if if you're just interested. So it's a very different mindset. So if an author uh, or, you know, comes to me specifically an author, because you know, I know that market, uh, they come to me and they say, Oh, I want to promote this in the US. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a little bit more money, it's going to be more time, and the expectations are going to bring them way down, you know, uh, so, you know, pitching someone to Oprah for the magazine, you know, I, I mean, I've got 20, I know 20 people who work at the magazine, but, you know, unless I have exactly what their boss was looking for, ah, you know, not this month, uh, the good news is about America, those of the the speed of things is so quickly, you know, you can pitch something three months later and they're like, fantastic. Where This is great. Like, I said this to you in January. Oh, well, you know, uh, the boss walked in and he said this, or she said this, you know, so, yeah.
1: So what kind of advice do you have to authors that are scared of marketing? Cause I, I've talked to people and they're sort of like, well, we wrote the book. Like, why do we have to do any marketing? People will come. And I'm like, I don't think it's as organic as, you think it works, you
0: know, so oh, it's, you know what, it's mean. I'm going to, I'm going to be very un- canadian here. I'm going to say it's, it's mean <laughs> of the authors to say that. It's like keeping a secret, you know, uh, the, one of the guys I was talking to, he's a game, he creates games, not online games, but classic board games. And I said, look, this is your time. You know, people are home and they've played Risk and Monopoly and the Game of Life a million times now, we need something new and he's got some great stuff. So I'm like, this is fantastic. But I said, well, why are we talking about, what? how long have you been sitting on these, these games? He said, oh, you know, like a couple of years. I'm like, it's, you're keeping it secret, you're withholding it from us." So if you've created a book, you've created anything that is creative, uh, it deserves an audience. I mean, that sounds a little hokey, but it really does. It, and I get it totally. You are a creator. You're exhausted. No one else can do what you did. You created something that it only makes sense to you and you put it forth in a way that everyone can share and enjoy. Take a nap. Hire me and let me do the let me do the talking. As you can see, talking, not a problem. Um, and and like let me figure out what it is that is really going to connect with people this time. If we're in America, three months later I can find something else let's talk about you know there's one chapter in this book that that talks about uh you know one of the great books that i did is a a book called a thousand ships by natalie haynes and she's a british she's a comedian but now she writes about mythology and she she did a book on the trojan war but from the perspective of all the women characters well this is a great idea now she has no trouble talking about the book and she's a former comedian so she's funny and she's smart and the characters are you can imagine w- women of mythology who would not want to get invited to that cocktail party it would just be off the hook stories and gossip and you know good kinds of fighting and maybe even an arm wrestler too I mean, these are heroic characters so so i loved i love this book it was like you know the trojan war and we all know enough about that to get past the big wooden horse The big wooden horse is not that important. What's important is these, these women are waiting for their husbands to come back from war. There's goddesses fighting over who's better looking. It's like, it's a Kardashians (laughs) in in Greece, you know, it's, it's so compelling. And, uh, uh, I think that me talking about it, who is clearly not a woman and, and, you know, uh, it'd be less likely for me to push a wild feminist agenda in a conversation. I am simply responding to how, Freaking amazing this book is and how fun it is, and how I want everyone, boy, girl, you know, I want my my 13-year-old son to read this book as he's covering mythology. Because I'm like, look at how real this is. So this is a great thing. The author's definitely going to be a great interview, but but on another side, there's, there's this guy talking about this book of women of the Trojan War. Like that's kind of interesting, you know, because it is again I'm being very genuine. I mean I I,
1: oh, I think you're enthusiastic you're so enthusiastic. I think it travels with you and it shows in your work. Now one last question is where can we find the idea shop and you if we're interested in getting you to help us be our champion?
0: Well we are at we are at the ideashop.ca online. Uh, that's the all the links are there. We're on Instagram, uh Idea Canada. Um, and uh, Twitter as well, theideashop.ca. Uh, but if you go to the website, theideashop.ca, uh, all my contact info is there. You'll see the faces and words of some of my some of my clients who are uh, very pleased, and delighted. Uh, so it's a, it's a great it's a great first step for anybody who's got. I have something I want to share it. Maybe I. Uh, maybe I could benefit And We're good at small things. We're good at big, you know, we've done big things. You know, I, I, I've got one client I've had since the first day I opened and he's sticking with me because we keep finding new ways to promote his book, which is great. And, uh, you know, I'm always looking for, for new stuff. Uh, po- I've taken on a podcast uh, based on a, a fascinating love triangle between Sherlock Holmes, uh, Moriarty and Moriarty's sister. Uh, and it's it's created out of Montreal it's called Genius Genius Podcast Uh, and it's very very cool Uh, it it, uh, we pitched it to Netflix very exciting so you know uh, so it's very there's always there's always stuff to be done so I'd love to hear from anyone
1: awesome so thank you very much Chris for being on our show and um, yeah and hopefully we'll speak again at another time you bet okay (laughs) bye 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 for more upcoming episodes of The Artsy Raven about writing and publishing, visit us at jfgarard.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed the show, you can show your appreciation by buying us some digital coffee. The Artsy Raven is produced by J.F. Garrard. The voice in the show's introduction is Chris Corman and music is by Tim Moore. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe. <laughs>